It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you today on this beautiful fall weekend here on the Jersey Shore? If you're listening live to the program, 7 a.m. Eastern Time here at 92.7 WOBM, welcome to uh, a beautiful Sunday morning. If you're listening to the podcast anytime, any day, thanks so much for joining us on The Financial Physician. We talk money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life, anything I want to talk about. And uh, we're living in crazy times. Preparing for the show is almost impossible because when I think I'm done on Saturday afternoon... Uh, I get up 4 o'clock Sunday morning, and I'm still printing out stuff because news just keeps coming at us. Uh, we got a big week last week. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the Fed raising interest rates and in, uh, on the path to destroying our economy uh, and our way of life. We're going to talk about, uh, obviously, it's the eve of the midterm elections. Lots to talk about there. The left is losing their mind. The media is losing their mind as it's coming to uh, – uh, their forefront that uh, maybe the Democrats are going to lose Congress uh, uh, and maybe the Democratic Party, as it is constituted now, uh, maybe going the way of the dodo bird. So we'll talk about that. Paul, how are you doing today? Doing good, Lou. You're, you're surviving this crazy time we're living in. Yes, surviving. <laughs> but hey, it's almost going to be a beach day. Well, that's it. You got to look at the positive. You know, I know all of us. I know me, too. I find myself in a malaise. I find myself depressed. Uh, I'm so immersed in news uh, due to the fact that I manage, you know, $100 million in, uh, uh, in my business uh, and I my own money is being managed and I have to worry about, uh, you know, being prepared for this radio show. I'm, I'm always immersed, even on the weekend, uh, in news. And let's face it, most of the news nowadays is not good. You know, it's, it's disturbing, to say the least. And uh, it's, it, it, it can get to you. And that's why, like, a day like yesterday, a beautiful day. I mean, it could have been June yesterday. I mean, it was 79 degrees. Uh, had a break in show prep and uh, took my grand two grandsons and my granddaughter. We were at the, the park uh, on swings and doing all that kind of stuff. And it was just a nice break and an opportunity to, to realize what's important in life. And we all have to stop and... Uh, realize that we have a beautiful day. Uh, God has a plan. Uh, uh, if you're healthy and your family is healthy, uh, uh, be happy with that. Uh, and uh, we go one day at a time. So lots to talk about on the show. I mean, just so much. It's just impossible for me to get to it all. Uh, but we're here to uh, bring you the straightforward information that you're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, Paul, I received an email I was telling you before the show started this week that says... Lou, you're the new Rush Limbaugh. Uh, and he said, and Paul is your new Snurdly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to call you Snurdly for now. I'm going to call you Snurdly too. How's that? All right. Uh, uh, Rush is my hero. And to be even mentioned in the same sentence as him is uh, uh, 
uh, is a thrill for me. Uh, but uh, Rush, I am not. Uh, but uh, I aspire to be as close to uh, Rush, especially his ability to deliver uh, a radio show as as Rush did. And I've studied Rush, and uh, I'm still mourning Rush. I'm telling you, uh, I, I miss the guy. Uh, he was the one person that, you know, told it like it is in media. And uh, I missed 12 o'clock when I used to turn him on every day uh, and just hear his his uh, iconic voice. Um, anyway, we're going to do our best to uh, honor Rush and uh, bring you straightforward uh, uh, information. Now, of course, the left hated him. And I'm getting my share of hate mail from some people here. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I've been doing this 20 uh, here. We're in our 23rd year here at WOBM. Uh, 20, most of those years since we've only been on the FM side, uh, the flagship station uh, of uh, Town Square Media here at the Jersey Shore, uh, only since February. So for most of my radio career, I've been on the AM station, which was uh, uh, much more conservative, much older uh, people. Here on the AM station, a lot more younger people, a lot more woke people, <laughs> a lot more diverse people. Uh, and uh, we love your emails anyway, Lou at the financial physician, uh, dot com. All right, let's start off the show today by big economic news. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of things that are really affecting markets and, and affecting people in their pocketbook. Uh, and that's the Federal Reserve who met this week and raised interest rates three quarters of one percent in the face of a cratering economy, uh, which is um, insane. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the job numbers that were announced uh, on Friday, which these two things had a, an incredibly uh, effect on the markets. Uh, the volatility the last few days of the last week was just incredible. And uh, so let's start with the Fed. Uh, as expected, the Federal Reserve announced on uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon at 2 o'clock uh, that they were going to raise interest rates three quarters of 1%. On the federal funds rate. Now, that was guaranteed. Everybody knew it was going to happen. So there was no surprise there. What I told you last week, it wasn't going to be a surprise of the interest rate increase. I mean, if it was less than three quarters of 1%, that would have been a big surprise and have been really bullish for the markets. Uh, but it was what the Fed says. Now, what they say in their statement, at 2 o'clock, they release their statement. Uh, and Wall Street dissects every word of it, and they compare it to last month's last meeting statement. Did they cross out anything? Did they replace any words? And they look cryptically into it, and all these computer algorithms are looking for certain words, and they, they move markets. Uh, and uh, when he came out and announced that they raised it three-quarters of a point, the market started to go up. And at one point, five to ten minutes, I think it was five minutes after the statement, the market was up 350 points to Dow after being down most of the day. And I said, okay, there must be something in this statement uh, that indicates that the Fed is going to either pivot, meaning stop raising interest rates or pause or, um, or, or, or lower the amount they increase each meeting. And here's the key sentence in the statement uh, that made market bulls um, – very happy, and they bid up the market. So this is the quote. In determining the pace of future increases in the target range, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, 
the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation and economic and financial developments. So what does this mean? In uh, non-Fed ease, it's saying basically here, look, we know that raising interest rates has a lag. And the lag is roughly six to eight months. So we're just starting to feel the first effects of the first interest rate increases back in March. Now, they've continued to raise it for, what, six or seven straight meetings. So we don't know. Nobody knows what even the increases in the summer are going to do to the economy, let alone what's happening here in the fall. So the markets love this. They said, well, look, the Fed is going to pause. They're going to to see what happens. They're going to be data dependent. So there's the pivot that we've been looking for. And the Dow rose three and a half points. Bond yields in a 10-year bond dropped from a little over 4% to down to, I think it was 389 as uh, there was a rally in the bond market, as people saw, you know, interest rates may be topping out here. And then the Fed had its conference call or its uh, press uh, press conference. Now, this is relatively new. It's only been a few years that the Federal Reserve chairman comes out and meets the press and takes questions. Usually they put out their statement, they're done with it, and uh, maybe you'll get some comments from Fed governors in the days that follow. And, of course, those things are followed very, very importantly because no Fed governor, and there's like 12 of them, they love, they love the spotlight. They love to go on CNBC and TV and be interviewed. Uh, but that's very, very well controlled. The last thing the Federal Reserve wants is, is rogue governors out there all saying different things because the, the markets need to have some cohesive message from the Fed. Uh, so, you know, now they're, they're, they're taking the, the, the chairman out there to meet the press. Now, I'm sure before Powell went out, I think it was, what, 12, 2.30, like a half hour after the statement came out, and he wasn't happy to see the market up. He wasn't happy because the whole idea of, of trying to get inflation down is to, to, to depress asset prices, to make people feel poorer than they were. Well, you know, a falling stock market has made a lot of investors feel poorer. You know, your 401k is down 30%. You're not as likely to go out and buy that new car. You're feeling poorer. You know, your investment portfolios are down, Right. Uh, the cost of living is going up, so that's making you feel poorer. And that's what the Fed wants. Now, they may not say it outwardly, but that's what they want. They want to destroy the markets and destroy the economy. The markets that they inflated, the asset bubbles that they blew up with zero interest rate policy and quantitative easing and the incredible printing of money that's gone on since the COVID pandemic started, so he had to come out, and, and there's a lot of, uh, and he came out and he, and he threw, uh, uh, he peed, he peed on them. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but he he pulled the rug out from the markets, and he stated that interest rates are most uh, are quite likely that they would have to raise interest rates to a higher level than they expected just six weeks ago because the inflation picture had gotten more and more challenging. So here he's saying, now they said in the statement that they were going to look and see the lag, how it's going to affect the economy. And Powell comes out and says that, hey, well, no, we're going to have to raise them higher than we previously thought. Now, this is the, the term terminal rate. 
If you hear the word terminal rate, that means that how high do they have to go before they'll stop raising interest rates? So he says that figure is going to be much higher. Now, the terminal rate was expected to be 5%. So now he's saying that that's, that's too low. And he also went on to say, we may have to keep interest rates high for a long time to battle inflation. So what was a relatively dovish statement that the Fed released was totally obliterated by the hawkish statement that the Federal Reserve chairman stated in his press conference. And the market went the other way. Not only did it give up the 300-point Dow increase after the statement, the market closed down 500 points. Wow, what a turnaround, huh? Ten-year bond went from 3.89% to over 4%. So, boy, you know, everybody thought, you know how much money was lost in the market? Think of it. How would you like to be a big investor, a hedge fund, a big, rich individual investor, and you hear the statement from the Fed, and you go out and you buy up the market with tons of money, and then the, he comes out and nullifies everything in the statement, and then the market goes the other way, and it's down 500 points. You're not too happy with the Fed chairman at that point. So it was a misdirection. Now, a lot of people are saying that, well, look, Powell had to uh, uh, pacify some of the Fed governors who thinks that the Fed's overreacting and raising interest rates too fast, too hard into a declining economy and may cause a severe recession or worse. And you know what? They're right. So they put out this statement. Then he comes walking out in front of the press, and basically nullifies the entire statement. Uh, So what he's basically saying is we're taking away this punch bowl and we're serious about it. Now, the last time interest rates were this high, where it is now, forget where it's going. The last time interest rates where they are today, the U.S. economy plunged into the Great Recession in 2008 and millions and millions of people lost their jobs. And the Federal Reserve's not going to stop here. In fact, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told us that more rate increases are on the way. And that the Fed is determined to stay the course until the job is done, quote, unquote. Now, if the job is to destroy the U.S. economy, they made a tremendous uh, stride in getting there already. And we'll talk about the housing market and and, and other aspects of the economy that are absolutely cratering right now. And everybody sees it. Now, Powell sees the damage that he's creating, but he doesn't think it's enough. Now, he thinks he's Paul Volcker now. Uh, Paul Volcker was his hero. You know, if anybody was old enough to remember Paul Volcker... He was the one who was the Fed chairman during the last recession, that uh, last inflation spike, uh, uh, one that was about what we have now. Now, Paul Volcker raised interest rates from 7% where the inflation started to 17 or 18%. Right now, we were at 0% when the inflation started. Here we are at 4%. Markets are freaking out. The economy's tanking. Housing market is non-existent. Inflation is still going strong. 
and, and there's no way that 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 the Fed can raise interest rates enough to deal with inflation. So what is he doing? Now, if interest rates are not going to inflate, think about it. All the interest rates increases so far have done nothing to tame inflation because inflation is not due to interest rates. Interest rates will not solve inflation. Yeah, zero interest rates contributed to inflation, but we had zero interest rates for 12 years without inflation. It's not the interest rate that affects inflation. It's the money supply. It's the printing of money that went on. It's the quantitative easing. It is the stimulus packages. All those trillions of dollars just since COVID, $5 trillion was created out of thin air and pumped into the economy. How can that not be inflationary? All that money floating around out there, people getting free money in their checking account, they're buying things with it. They pushed up the price. That money's got to find a home somewhere. It found it in the markets. It found it bidding up the price of everything. Add to it the supply chain issues, the COVID issues, the war in Ukraine, everything. This will not be sad. This will not be solved by interest rates. You have to contract the money supply. Now you think that raising interest rates will have a negative effect on the economy. Contracting the money supply would have many times that effect on the economy. So how do you uh, contract the money supply? Well, a number of ways. Forget interest rates. All you got to do is start selling off the bonds on their balance sheet that they bought. We created money. That takes money out of the system. And that's the way the Fed controls money supply. When they want to increase money supply, they buy bonds. They, they print money out of thin air with a keystroke, a click of a mouse, and they buy treasury bonds and mortgage bonds and whatever bonds they want to buy from Wall Street. So the money goes into the coffers of the banks on Wall Street, which then distributes it through the system. And that's good for the economy. It boosts asset prices. Uh, you know, it, 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 it stimulates the economy. And these are called open market operations. This is the way the Fed can control the money supply. Now, if you want to slow the economy down or if you want to battle inflation by killing the economy, yeah, you could raise interest rates. That's one way. But the other way and a more effective way is to sell bonds. By selling bonds, people got to pay you for those bonds. Wall Street buys those bonds, right? The money comes out of the system and now you have the reverse flow of monetary inflation. Milton Friedman, the, the great economist, uh, said that inflation is always a monetary phenomenon, meaning it's a function of how much money is sloshing around the system. It's not based on interest rates. Now, interest rates have their effect, don't get me wrong, because interest rates can destroy demand. But you don't necessarily just have to destroy demand. If you just take money out of the system, there's less money available to bid up prices. So the inflation that we're seeing now is a result of the quantitative easing that took place mainly since the beginning of uh, the corona pandemic. The trillions and trillions of dollars that were printed. You know, the amount printed money in just since the uh, beginning of the pandemic is more than all the money printed in the history of the Federal Reserve in five years. 
And if the Fed thinks that they're going to be able to hammer inflation uh, uh, and get it under control uh, with interest rates, uh, they're not going to do it because this is not the 1980s. The Fed cannot raise interest rates enough to make that difference. And if they do, yeah, I think they'll affect inflation because we'll be in a depression. Yeah, that's one way to kill inflation. Make everybody poor. That'll cause deflation. Your house will keep going down and down and down. Uh, you'll be foreclosed on. You'll be out in the street. We'll talk about the homeless problem that's exploding right now in this country. You want to see a bad homeless problem? Yeah. Put us into a depression, which is very well where we may, we may be going. So dramatically hiking interest rates at the beginning of a major economic downturn, which is where we are right now, is suicidal. And don't think that the Fed doesn't know that. I read uh, somebody said on uh, one of the financial TV stations this week, uh, this is economic malpractice, what the Fed is doing. And I, I don't know how else to describe it. Think about the Federal Reserve. I've railed against them for many, many years on this program, going back to day one, 22 years ago. The Federal Reserve is unelected. Nobody on the Federal Reserve is elected. But meanwhile, they have more control over your life than any politician does, including any congressman, senator, president, governor. It's the Federal Reserve and the chairman of the Federal Reserve, which basically controls it. What he wants is what what goes. So here we have a guy, Jerome Powell. Oh, by the way, he's not even a banker. He's a lawyer. So we have a lawyer running our banking system. So we have an unconstitutional group of bankers who in 1913 usurped the power of the U.S. Treasury on a vote on Christmas Eve. I think it was the 23rd when nobody was there to vote against it. Signed by Woodrow Wilson that put uh, the Federal Reserve in business. And since then, we've lost 97% of our purchasing power. They totally control our lives. They control your ability to work and put food on the table. They control your ability to afford a home. That's a lot of power. Did you or I elect them to do that? No. Yeah, the president nominates a Federal Reserve chairman. But the Federal Reserve answers to nobody. And they've been pretty arrogant about letting the world know that. And here we are in, in a declining economy, and we'll talk about job growth and or lack thereof, or the fantasy that they want you to believe. Uh, we have the opposite happening. People are losing jobs in a big way. At a time when inflation, even if they were working, they were paycheck to paycheck, that we're going to see millions and millions of Americans lose their jobs. In the teeth of the worst inflation we may have ever seen in this country, that's where it may be going. I mean, uh, the rates where they are now are, are high enough to crash the economy. And we're seeing uh, an accelerating decline. Now, of course, I told you in, in August that don't believe any of the economic numbers that come out before the election. 
few weeks back, they announced the third quarter GDP, gross domestic product, um, 2.6%, I believe, up. When just in August they were saying it was going to be down for the third quarter, miraculously, it was up 2.6%. Don't believe it. Everything, every economic data point I look at shows the economy slowing down at best. So I understand the the Fed is spooked about inflation. Uh, Powell doesn't want to be the one that takes the heat for it. But it was his, obviously, his money printing that caused it. That's the funny thing about these organizations. I mean, the Fed, right? They, They blow up asset bubbles. They kept interest rates at zero. They stole the savings income of millions of retired Americans with CDs that paid one tenth of one percent. And now uh, we've got to do something about this bubble we created, this inflationary spike. So now we've got to make the middle class pay for it, what's left of it, and certainly the lower class, which are becoming more and more destitute, if not homeless. It's really quite, ama- quite amazing. Recent survey discovered that 50% of Americans are feeling, uh, feeling their health will, is suffering as a result of the cost of living crisis. 37% say they were feeling more stressed. 21% said they were eating less healthy. 16% said they were smoking more. And 13% were boozing more often. Approximately 29 million U.S. households have been unable to pay their energy bills this past year due to rising energy costs. Um, and I agree. Look, inflation, we're all experiencing it. Although we'll talk in a second about Inflation has just been drummed up by the Republicans, and <laughs> the left is losing their mind as we as we get closer and closer to the red tsunami on Tuesday. Uh, they're really losing it. Uh, we're going to play some audio clips that are just going to make you laugh. Um, but yeah, inflation is a major problem. We all know that. But it's killing the economy and making people homeless, jobless, uh, awaited to slay inflation. No, it's a way to slay the middle class. So uh, every time that the Fed raised interest rates, uh, as aggressively as we've seen, there was a crash in 1980. There was a crash in 1994. There was a crash in 2008. And now I think a new crash has begun in 2022. And they want to go higher. So does that mean it'll be worse? We shall see. But the markets didn't like it uh, at all. Because, you know, they were trying to set us up. Um, They were trying to set us up that the pivot was near. You remember I said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, people are coming out on Wall Street. People have the ear of the Fed saying, well, we may have to pause in December, blah, 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 blah. Well, that was not what Powell said. On his press conference. So markets were down hard on Thursday. Then uh, Friday morning, the first Friday uh, of the new month, they always announced the previous month's job uh, creation data. Now, economists expected um, the economy to create 195,000 jobs in October. Uh, which is anemic. It's not a lot. It's the lowest amount we've seen in 20 months. 
Uh, so if nothing, a deceleration in job creation. Uh, but the Bureau of Lying Statistics came out and said that 261,000 new jobs were created in October. Now, although it was better than expected, it wasn't really too strong. So the market took this really well. They said, well, look, you know, we're starting to see uh, the creation of jobs starting to shrink. Uh, Even though it's creating jobs, but it's less than it was the previous month, the lowest we've seen in many months, which means that the economy is slowing and maybe the Fed will have to pause sooner than they think. So bond yields initially went down. Stock futures went up two to 300 points. The market opened up, I think we're up 300 and something points at one point, falling to negative uh, by about 12 o'clock. And then in the last hour of trading, the market miraculously, as it often does going into the close on a Friday, kind of went straight up and and the Dow closed up 400 points, eliminating almost all of the decline on Thursday based on the Federal Reserve press conference. Okay. Now, the question is, do you believe that the U.S. economy created 261,000 jobs? Well, there's two different surveys that the, um, that the government use. There's the establishment survey, which is always the headline number. Wow, 261,000 jobs were created. But then you have the household survey. The household survey is where, where households are called out and they're saying, were you working last month? Did you get a job? Did you lose a job? Well, there's some kind of interesting divergence here. Since March, the household survey says employment was flat. A lot of people were losing full-time jobs but getting part-time jobs, which is another thing. Yeah, jobs may be created, but they're part-time working at McDonald's. When full-time, good jobs or benefits are being lost. I mean, the day before the news came out on the unemployment rate and... uh, Lyft, 13% of workers being let go. Open door, 18%. Stripe, 14%. Uh, Twitter, at least 50%. Morgan Stanley said they're cutting jobs. We don't know how much yet. And something like 75% of CEOs surveyed said they'll be cutting employment in the months ahead if they haven't started already. So if you look, go back to March and you look at the household survey, which is much more accurate because the establishment number adds all kinds of seasonally adjusted numbers. This is where they could game the number. This is where they can make it whatever they want. They seasonally adjust it. Well, you know, people went back to work after the summer. You know, we got to add more jobs because of back to school and all that kind of stuff. You know, oh, well, we're just going to estimate that uh, 20 million people are going to be hired for the holiday. Oh, let's look at the birth-death model. Well, the birth-death model is how many businesses were created this month and how many businesses died, closed up. And how does that affect employment? Well, if somebody opens a business, they're probably going to hire two people. So let's figure that. That's three people employed. So let's estimate. They have no figures on this, by the way. They just pull it out of thin air. Well, we feel that maybe uh, 200,000 businesses were birthed last month. And by the way, in a declining economy with rising interest rates, major inflation, how many people are going out and starting businesses right now, really? And how many people are actually closing their business? 
A lot more deaths than births, in my opinion. It's kind of like the economy has been vaxxed. Maybe raising interest rates by the Fed is the equivalent of the vaccine to the economy. Maybe I just coined something there. Interest rates are the kill shot vaccine to the economy. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they pull out hundreds of thousands of jobs out of nowhere in a birth death model, and they add it to the household survey. So how much is the difference between a household survey since March and what the government's telling us the real thing is? Well, it's two and a half million jobs. The difference between the actual calling people and asking them if they've been hired or fired, part-time or full-time, uh, without the shenanigans, at best, employment is flat. But, of course, the administration comes out and says how great the economy is. See, 261,000 jobs were created. Now, the average American can't even put that into any context, that that's weak. They don't know that. Ooh, 200,000. Sounds like a lot of people got a job. Well, unfortunately, many Americans have to work two and three part-time jobs to get by now. So maybe those jobs are being created. Are they good jobs? No. So let's take a look at financial markets. Uh, what a crazy week. Very volatile week, as expected. Dow Jones uh, for the week was down 1.4%. Uh, and that's after a big rally on Friday. It was down even more. Uh, year to date, the Dow's down about 11%. And that's the best index of all by far. And we mentioned why last week, because uh, the Dow has energy companies in it that are doing really well with rising energy prices. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, S&P 500 was down 3.35% for the week, down 21% for the year, still in bear market territory. The NASDAQ was down a whopping 5.65% for the week. I mean, the NASDAQ is beginning hammered this year especially technology stocks in the NASDAQ. Uh, the NASDAQ's down 33% for the year. So if you're in your 401k, you know, you have a lot of uh, technology companies and, and NASDAQ mutual funds, you've lost a third of your retirement, which we'll talk about a retirement crisis later on if we get to it. That's coming to America. Uh, gasoline prices came in today $4 a gallon on the rise again after bottoming at three sixty nine, dollars uh, which Biden took all kinds of credit for. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, the last of the $15 million, uh new tranche of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, will be released this week. What's happening this week by coincidence? Something happening this week that's political? Oh, that's right. The midterm elections are Tuesday which we got a lot to talk about about that. Um, what a coincidence. Now, we have energy prices rising while they're still releasing the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. What happens when they stop it? And now it's no more uh, politically feasible uh, to have lower gas prices. Who cares after the midterms? Doesn't matter anymore, does it? Uh... And if they even think, do the smart thing and replace what they just puked out uh, to get us energy uh, secure again in a very volatile world environment, uh, what's that going to do to energy prices? They're going much, much higher, just in time for the winter. 
Ten-year uh, Treasury interest rates, after going down to 3.89 on Thursday, closed at a weekly high uh, of this move, 4.16%, briefly at 420 And, of course, that affects mortgage rates. Mortgage rates uh, continue over 7% this week. Now, let's talk mortgages. Uh, why rising rates affect housing prices? Now, this is pretty rudimentary, but I'm going to break it down to you number-wise. Say you were going to buy a $500,000 house. Now, if you bought it earlier this year, let's say January or February, mortgage rates were 3.5% for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Your payment, interest and principal, we're not going to talk real estate taxes because that's variable. That's different for everybody. But just the, the paying the mortgage and interest is 1800 a month. Now we're talking twenty percent down, so you put down a hundred grand. You're borrowing four hundred grand, so we're talking about a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, eighteen hundred a month. Now over seven percent, it's twenty eight hundred a month for the same four hundred thousand dollar loan. That's a thousand dollars a month more. Wow! Now a lot of economists are saying it's going to ten and a quarter. Well, the Fed says they're going to keep raising interest rates higher than they thought for the longer time than they thought. That's pretty plausible, isn't it? As a matter of fact, interest rates were over 10% in the 80s when we had the last inflation spike. Not for a year or two. For 12 years. I was astounded to find that statistic out. It's been a long time ago, right? Right. Over 10% for 12 years. We'll talk about that in a second. But say it goes to 10 and a quarter like economists think it may. That same $400,000 loan is no longer $1,800 a month. No, it's not $2,800 a month. It's $3,600 a month. Double what it was just less than a year ago. Now, do you think that's going to affect housing prices? Of course it is. You can't afford as much house. If all you could afford is $1,800 a month, you would have been able to buy a $500,000 house with 20% down at 3.5% mortgage, $1,800 a month, you're good. Uh, now, at interest rates where they are now, over 7%, let's say 7.5%. That's the figure I have here. For the same $1,800 payment, you could only afford a house that's 320000 Wow, that's a 40% decrease, isn't it? Is housing prices going to fall 40% at current interest rates? May. And forget um, forget 10% mortgages. The same person will be able to afford a $200,000 house instead of a $500,000 house. So you see how housing prices go down with rising mortgage payments. And mortgage payments go up with yield on a 10-year bond. The yield on a 10-year bond goes up by the Federal Reserve's interest rate increases. See how it all flows down? You no longer have inflation in housing prices. You have deflation. People are poorer. Nobody's refinancing their house. They're not pulling out cash. They're not paying off credit cards. They're not going out and spending money on a new car. Oh, by the way, new car car interest rates and used car interest rates go up substantially. 
Oh, by the way, all of you living on credit cards now to make up the difference in inflation from what you could afford? How many people are using credit cards for groceries right now? Oh, your interest rates are going to record highs. They are there now. So you see who's paying the price for the Fed's bubble-blowing, low-interest-rate, quantitative-easing program that they're determined to kill on your back. So a lot of people think interest rates, well, this is just temporary mortgage rates. Yeah, They're going to go back down to where they were. Well, no, no, no. Like I said, in the 80s, for 12 years straight, over 10%. Now, the 70s averaged 8%, which is probably more normal. 8, 7, 8% is normal historically for mortgage rates before the Fed embarked on this crazy experiment of zero interest rates and quantitative easing since the, the crisis in 2008. In the 80s, the average mortgage rate was 12.7%. Now, you got to realize, too, back then, the houses were 40 grand, 50 grand. The difference of 1% interest, you know, in a 40 grand house wasn't that much. When the average house is 500,000, 400,000, 1% makes a big difference in the monthly payment. In the 90s, the average mortgage rate was 8.12. That's not long ago, right? I bought my first house in 1992. Uh, My mortgage rate was close to eight. Now, in the 2000s, up to 2008, from 2000 through uh, 2008, mortgage rates averaged 5.53%. Now, after the crisis of 2008, starting in 2009, now the Fed started lowering interest rates. Now we saw a major bond market rally. We saw interest rates go down. The average interest rate between 2009 and 2021 was 4%. So as you can see historically, the mortgage rates we've enjoyed over the last uh, 10 years or so, actually longer, 12 years, 13 years, is artificial due to the experiment of quantitative easing and zero interest rates. Now, the, the housing market's 20% of the economy. You know, it affects con- construction jobs. It affects the, the new home builders. It affects furniture stores. It affects carpet and lumber and all kinds of things. Demand destruction. The wealth effect. So not only is the Fed determined to destroy the housing market, they're determined to destroy your portfolio. Your 401k, your retirement. Yeah, that'll get inflation under control. Oil prices on Friday jumped $4.43 a barrel to 92.60. Well, the SPR uh, drain is stopping. Uh, and I think we've seen this little uh, lull in uh, energy prices. It's going to go the other way. And that's huge. Uh, on Friday, uh, with uh, the the jobs report that looks like uh, job growth is weakening, uh, gold caught a bid finally. Uh, gold was up fifty dollars an ounce on Friday to sixteen eighty three. Still ridiculously low uh, compared to where it should be. 
Uh, on Thursday morning, it was 1626 an ounce. Uh, it closed Friday at 1683. Big breakout. Even more so with silver. Uh, silver had a huge day, um, up over 8% in one day. Uh, on Thursday, at one point, it was 18 and change. Uh, closed Friday at $20.84 an ounce. And that's not even a real numbers because the real numbers, uh, if you try to buy it, is silver is double. We talked about that last week. So uh, lots going on in the economy. We've got a lot of fake economic numbers as far as GDP and the employment figures go. Uh, we got a Fed who's hell-bent on uh, uh, destroying your job, destroying your home value, destroying your 401K. Uh, and destroying the economy uh, uh, to get demand under control. Uh, and sure, yeah, that, that'll have an effect on inflation. It'll turn it into deflation and depression. And, you know, I thought the, the Fed would opt for uh, an inflationary depression, uh, and they very well may pivot. I, I think there's go, they're going to break something. That's the new term on Wall Street. Something's going to break, meaning a bank's going to be in trouble. We'll talk about banks later. We're hearing anecdotal evidence that, that people are having trouble withdrawing money from major banks. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but something's going to break. Uh, the stock market may crash. Uh, we'll may hear a problem with a bank in Europe, which we know are teetering over there. Uh, there's there's uh, under-the-hood bank problems here in the United States. What will break, I don't know. Uh, but the Fed may be forced to finally pivot and say, you know what, uh, uh, politically, uh, we, this is unpalatable. Every politician is going to be all over the Fed. They're already starting to. Um, and uh, they may finally say, you know, the hell with inflation. We've got to get interest rates down. Uh, and they may go back to zero. So there's a lot of debate on this. We'll see what happens. But lots of moving parts, a lot of crazy time going on, and unfortunately a lot of economic pain uh, that people who can't afford that pain are, are, are experiencing now. Let's take a, a quick break. 732-237-9626 is the calling number if you have a question or want to be part of the program. My name is Luz Katigna. Don't go away. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. Brick Township has plenty to offer in November and December to celebrate this holiday season. Go grab all your Thanksgiving goodies at the Farmer's Market on Saturday, November 19th from 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Windward Beach Park. The annual tree lighting will take place on Wednesday, November 30th at 5.30 p.m. at Town Hall, located at 401 Chambers Bridge Road. Also join them for the menorah lighting on Monday, December 19th at 5.30 p.m. For more info, go to Brick Township do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income with flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be 
Limitless Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. I'm Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation, professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial and estate plan that will improve your financial health, and most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday mornings, 7 to 9, for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, Registered Investment Advisory Service through Ford. Advisory Group. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It's 10 to 8, and I got through like one or two subjects here out of the 50 I have in front of me. Uh, it's ridiculous. There's so much going on. But these are important things, and you know, I, I don't like to belabor them, but you have to know what it really means. Now, we're talking about inflation, and it's affecting all of us. It's been on all our lips. Uh, I hear people, I, I, you know, doing research for this show. I do stupid things. I do crazy things. Like, I just loiter around the meat case at ShopRite. <laughs> I just loiter, and I just listen to people and uh, or or at the deli because people are waiting around and they're talking to each other. Oh, look at that price of turkey. Oh, my God. You know, uh, so people have been talking about inflation for some time. But the left on in this country, like, look, they know they're going to be swamped on this election that's coming up. They know they're losing their power and uh, and they're not happy about it. And uh, they uh, uh, they're kind of losing their minds. Uh, and according to Joy Reid, I think she's an MSNBC lefty, uh, she says crazy things all the time. But according to her, people don't really notice inflation. If it wasn't for uh, the media, namely the conservative media, uh, and Republicans talking about it. The only people I ever hear use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it, including on TV, including in newspapers. They've been taught this word, and they, they sort of wrap this word around whatever it is that they really want to vote, or the, the, you know, the reasons they really want to vote. So we were taught the word inflation. Nobody is experiencing it. Uh, it's journalists that are talking about inflation. Oh, by the way, I'm not playing it, but... She was talking about inflation <laughs> eight months ago on her show. She was talking about inflation. You want to talk about it, how ignorant uh, Americans are about the economy 
and this proves that most people have no idea what causes inflation. In a recent poll, the majority of Americans said they want the federal government to hand out stimulus checks. Why? To combat inflation. (laughs) So they want the government to print more money to battle inflation. Uh, That's what happens when you redefine inflation. Uh, Inflation is not prices going up. That's the symptom of inflation. Inflation is expansion of the money supply. How do you expand the money supply? By borrowing more money. The government borrows money. The Federal Reserve prints the money to buy the bonds. The money goes into the economy and the money bids up prices. That's what's happened. That's why we have inflation today. So what does the average American want? More money printed by the Federal Reserve to be given to them so they can go out and buy things and put prices up. 63% of respondents said they agreed that Fed should issue new stimulus checks to tackle inflation. So uh, these people have no clue where inflation comes from. And when you redefine inflation all the time, just like you you redefine recession and everything else, no wonder why people don't understand what inflation is. So the people aren't even asking the government to fight inflation. They're asking the government to hand them more money to exacerbate inflation. It shows you how insane and uninformed most Americans are. Unbelievable. Oh, by the way, with all these Fed increases in interest rates, uh, it makes debt go up, the cost of debt, right? Well, who has the largest debt in the history of the world? The U.S. government, right? So who is he hurting by raising interest rates and being hell-bent on continuing to do so? It's the U.S. government with $31 trillion in debt. Now, a lot of our 30 year, $31 trillion is in short-term bonds, which have been very low in interest. So that's worked out pretty good. But when interest rates go up, well, those bonds mature in short-term. And have to be re, reissued at higher interest rates. At today's current interest rate, the average 4.5% on the yield curve, you put that to $31 trillion worth of debt, and we're looking at $1.4 trillion per year just in interest payments. That would be 29% of this year's budget. 29% of all taxes that go in of coming to the country would go out in interest rates. That's at just 4.5%. Well, the Fed wants to keep pushing interest rates up. What happens when it's 5.5%, 6.5%, So the U.S. government is the most leveraged player to rate shocks. And I wouldn't be surprised if Janet Yellen, you know, ex-Fed chairman, another one of the uh, people responsible for where we are today, uh, she's got to be on the phone begging Powell to stop. Uh, adding to the inflation woes and the supply woes that we're dealing with now, it's like a perfect storm. Um, uh, we're looking possibly at a rail strike before Thanksgiving. Remember a couple of months ago, uh, there was a threatened rail strike and apparently the government some, sought some kind of agreement with the union, 
And then uh, the union employees, 60,000 real employees, um, uh, voted against it, voted it down. They didn't ratify it. 60% of union members voted against it. The lack of sick paid day, uh, paid sick days being the main sticking point. So now we're back to where we were in square one, where we may see a, a rail strike just prior to the holidays. Now, it's estimated that can cause cost the country as much as $2 billion a day in supply chain, chain disruptions. Of course, that would aggravate soaring inflation, not to mention cause all kinds of shortages. A strike just ahead of Thanksgiving and the beginning of the busiest shipping season for retailers could derail the main artery of the U.S. economy. This is Darius Irani, chief economist at the Townsend University's Region and Economic Studies Institute. Why are all these foreigners? I don't know who this guy is. I'm just saying, why do you always hear these foreign names in our universities leading all these departments? I don't know. Um, so again, this will only c- contribute to the recession that's on the way. Now, they're getting a pretty good deal. The, 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 the deal that was already agreed to by the union that was not ratified by the employees uh, include a 24% wage increase over a five-year period retroactive to 2020, in addition to a one-time payout of 11000 on average, to each ratifying member. So that's a pretty good deal. But they're saying that it's tough. You know, they're on, they're on call 24-7. If they're sick, they're forced to come in. They don't get paid for sick days if they don't come in. So railroads account to, for 40% of all long-distance freight volume in the United States, more than any other transportation mode. Without them, it would take 99 million additional trucks. 99 million! Additional trucks traveling on public roadways and four times as much fuel to move the same amount of freight. <laughs> I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Um, now, the meeting this week, will they get a resolution of this prior to Thanksgiving and a strike? I like to think so. Because if they don't, uh, we're in big trouble. But it seems that one thing after another is coming at us. Uh, Inflation, supply chain issues, uh, energy inflation, shortages of certain things, which are really coming. Oh, by the way, inflation is coming for your Christmas tree, too. Uh, uh, You're going to see all-time highs for Christmas trees because the cost of growing them, fertilizer, transporting them is going up. So, uh, but people, some people are actually doing a, without a Christmas tree this year, which is sad. Uh, but most people are going to have a Christmas tree. You may have fewer presidents, fewer presents under it, or a lot of cheaper presidents, presents under it. Uh, but most people will do what they have to do to get a Christmas tree for their family. I mean, can you imagine you have kids and you can't afford a Christmas tree for Christmas? That would be sad. And let me tell you something. This Christmas, uh, I feel terrible for people who are struggling right now to put food on a table. Some people say they're not even going to have turkey dinner this year for Thanksgiving. Uh, What about holiday Christmas gifts and Christmas trees and all that stuff? Sad, sad times. But, you know, don't worry. You got the Federal Reserve's got your back. 
So if you want to buy a, a real Christmas tree this season, uh, get ready to pay up uh, because it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to $100 to get a real Christmas tree. Anyway, let's take a break. It's top of the hour. 732-237-9626 is the call number. My name's Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician, hour two after the break. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, welcome to hour two of the financial physician, Lou Scatigna here, certified financial planner and your money doctor each and every Sunday live, nine, uh, 7 to 9 a.m., Right here on 92.7 WOBM here on the Jersey Shore. If you're up early anywhere with a, in the country, around the world with an internet connection, you can listen live by going to thefinancialphysician.com. Go to the radio tab, hit the listen live button, and you'll get the live stream um, from the program. Otherwise, if you miss any of the program, uh, no worries. Uh, just go to thefinancialphysician.com, thefinancialphysician.com, where we have the podcast of the show. The full two-hour program is available five minutes after it's over. Uh, we'll have it uploaded, and you'll be able to um, either download it uh, uh, or just listen to it on the player uh, at Podomatic. You can get us on um, Google. You can get us on Apple uh, Podomatic, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify. We're, we're all over the place, and we are the number one uh, financial podcast, certainly at Podomatic. And uh, thanks so much for, for listening and sharing the link and sending the download to, to people you think could benefit by it. Because on this show, we talk about things you're not going to hear on mainstream TV or radio, uh, some places, yeah. But um, uh, we talk about everything here on The Financial Position. Money, markets, politics. People call up, oh, what are you talking about politics for? How does that affect me financially? I, want, I thought there's a financial show. Let me tell you something. This election we're going to talk about now with this, this midterm, boy, it's going to affect your finances in so many ways. You have no idea. Positives and negatives uh, of it. Politics affects your financial life more than virtually anything. The inflation you're living through now that's affecting your financial life is a result of political decisions. Uh, it's a result of votes and democracy. Uh, so don't tell me, don't call this show and say, what are you doing talking about the border? You know, Everything affects our finances, anything that happens in the world. Yeah, world war, it's a political thing, but it's also a financial thing. Inflation is an inflation thing, is a financial thing, but it's also a result of political decisions. Your taxes, your health care, your Social Security, everything is a result of political decisions. And what politics do. And right now, you know, we have a midterm election. 
which I'm pretty convinced, barring the most outrageous fraud ever possible, uh, uh, is um, going to be a red tsunami. Now, are Republicans better than Democrats? Some are. Uh, I think a lot of people running right now are not your typical establishment rhinos, not your Mitch Romneys, not your, your, your Murkowskis, not your Mitch McConnells. Uh, and uh, these are people that really want to make a difference. Whether or not they'll have the ability to make the difference once they get there, or are they just going to be stymied by the establishment? I don't know. We do have a union party in, in this country. But we certainly don't have competent leadership from the top down to at least the top three in this country are all uh, incompetent, senile, or worse. Um, obviously, uh, the Dems are so desperate that they're trotting Joe Biden around the country as if that's going to help. You know, he's been in Florida. He was in Pennsylvania last night uh, with a fellow cognitive impaired uh, Fetterman running for Senate. Uh, and um, talk about Dumb and Dumber. Uh, and, oh, they had a Bob in tow, too, uh, which uh, I don't know what effect that has. Uh But the White House, a number of times this past week, twice in a speech that that, that Biden gave and once in a tweet that came out a Thursday or Friday, was touting the fact that seniors are getting the largest cost of living adjustment on Social Security in history under this president. Now, of course... The only reason why Social Security is going up 8.7% is because inflation is the highest it's been in 40 years. So for the president to take credit uh, for the cost of living adjustment in Social Security is just plain dumb. Uh, And it's not like this was just an off-the-cuff stupid remark. It was said twice in speeches he gave. So that means that was part of the prepared remarks that he was reading on a teleprompter. So who are these handlers of Biden? Don't they think that people are going to say, "Are you get out of here? The reason there's a cost of living increase, that's statutory based on the inflation rate. <laughs> so we have to Twitter win a buzz uh, over this. Uh, they took down the tweet. Now, uh, Pierre, um, the black gay woman, Check, check, check. Uh, press secretary uh, for the president, uh, the most incompetent. I thought Pepperman Patty was, but no, not by far. Uh, this one here is just totally out of order. Uh, and and she, she had an answer to the press. Now, not just, you know, uh, uh, Fox News, Ducey. Uh, other people are asking the same questions here. And, of course, she tries to explain it away instead of saying it was just a misstatement. The tweet was not complete. Usually when we put out a tweet, uh, we posted with context and it did not have that context. We believe that we, we, we want to lay the, we want to lay our argument out fully. Uh, and that was important to do as we uh, uh, as we put out, you know, information like that or as we put out a tweet. And that was an incomplete tweet. So we do think it is important to do. What do you mean incomplete? What's missing? It doesn't make any sense. He tries to explain away things that it just never answers the question promptly. Now, you know, Biden gave another speech 
I mean, they're so desperate. They they trotted him out with very little notice on Thursday night. Was it Wednesday night or Thursday night? You know, just a, less than a week prior to the election, knowing how bad things are. And did he come out and talk about what people really care about? Um, did he talk about uh, um, uh, inflation, energy prices, uh, uh, things that are going on with our kids in school, uh, uh, the things, the border? Did he talk about any of that? No, he demonized Republicans, and he basically said that our democracy is at stake in this election. But there's a lot at stake in these midterm elections, from our economy, the safety of our streets, to our personal freedoms, the future of health care, Social Security, Medicare. It's all important. But we'll have our differences. We'll have our difference of opinion. And that's what it's supposed to be. But there's something else at stake. Democracy itself. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America this year. We can't ignore the impact this is having on our country. This is a path to chaos in America. It's unprecedented. It's unlawful. And it's un-American. All right, so it's unlawful, it's un-American to have Republicans run and win <laughs> elections. And it's a threat to our democracy. It's so fun, funny. You, know, you listen to this threat to democracy thing. Uh, this is spoken by the guy who was losing the presidential election at midnight, election night, in six states by hundreds of thousands of votes that simultaneously shut down the vote, which was unprecedented and certainly coordinated. And magically, uh, the next day, hundreds of thousands of votes showed up and President uh, squeaked in and won six of the seven swing states that he was losing by a lot. And the threat to democracy is not rigging the elections. The threat to democracy is democracy working and the people's vote counting. Talk about projection. Uh, this is unbelievable. But it gets worse. Now, James Clyburn is an old, been there 40 years, Democrat. Uh, he's the reason why Biden got the nomination for president. Biden didn't win a primary prior to uh, a big Tuesday, what do you call it, Super Tuesday. And the Democratic Party had no real front runner that was going to beat Trump. Neither did Biden, by the way. Uh, but they needed somebody that, that they could put up. So they decided it would be Biden. So Clyburn, before the Sunday before, the, or the weekend before, uh, Super Tuesday, where you had like eight primaries across the country, endorsed Biden and said, Democrats have to get behind him. And magically, he won all those primaries uh, and became the nominee. So this is the same Clyburn who says that uh, if Republicans win Congress, we're going to become Nazi Germany again. This is what happens in a country that follows what happened in Germany uh, in the early 30s. And I'm, I, I said this in 2018 and caught a lot of hell from a lot of people for having said it. But I, it was true then and it's true now. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany when it was the greatest democracy going elected a chancellor who then co-opted the media <coughs> that this past president uh, calling the press the enemy of the people that is a bunch of crap and we know it and that's what's going on in this country 
So uh, we're going to become Nazi Germany. Um, uh, the media is being demonized. The media is not the media. The media is the propaganda arm of the leftists in this country. They are all part of the same thing. Coverage of Republicans running <laughs> the 90, 90% negative, 10% positive. Oh, that's objective journalism. And then Biden, you know, uh, everything's at risk. Crime. Oh, yeah, they're doing a great job, the Democrats, on crime So uh, and health care and everything else. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, but uh, Richard Beschloss, I think his name's Richard Beschloss. His name, last name is Beschloss. He's a historian, a presidential historian. You know, he goes back and he's got all these records. And lately he's been showing up the last year or two on MSNBC, and he's obviously – a crazy left-wing uh, uh, Democrat. Listen to what's going to happen to your children if the Republicans win. He was absolutely candid, and he was absolutely right, because, as you know, Chris, six nights from now, we could all be discussing violence all over this country. There are signs that that may happen, may God forbid, that uh, losers will be declared winners by fraudulent election officers or secretary of state candidates or governors or state legislatures, we could be six days away from losing our rule of law and losing a situation where we have elections that we all can rely on. You know, those are the foundation stones of a democracy. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. Uh, so, <laughs> this is talk about projection. Projection is when whatever you're doing, you project on your opponents. They're the ones destroying democracy, free speech, censorship, arresting anybody uh, related to Trump, including raiding Trump's house himself. There's all kinds of talk that they're going to try to arrest Trump and charge him with something before he announces his candidacy, which is probably a week or two away. Uh, because it's pretty hard to charge somebody as a candidate for president, uh, just to try to slow him down. It's unbelievable, these people. Does this guy really believe what he's saying? These people are so insane. The left in this country is insane uh, enough to actually believe what they're saying. Now, let's take the the, the women on the, the View, for those people who watch that. <laughs> who is home to me? Who watches this show between other left-wing women, uh, stay-at-home women, uh, or activists that don't have any jobs because it, the job is activism that's paid for by some foundation or something? Uh, listen to what they have to say. Um, uh, uh, this this is Holston, I think is her name. It uh, doesn't matter. One other view. What she thinks of white women. Now, white women, suburban white women, not to mention Hispanics and blacks, but, you know, they got to talk about white women, uh, are breaking hard to the Republicans. I mean, big time, like a 37% shift, like in three months, you know, as they're voting for their children and uh, not being taught that they're a girl when they're a boy and uh, uh, that they're racist and their parents are racist and they should have gender surgery and all that kind of stuff and whatever else is affecting them, putting groceries on the table and whatnot. They've shifted to the Republicans. And listen to what that means uh, to the women on The View. 
to me is the abortion issue. Um, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, 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 it's like that's they're that's voting, no, it's they're voting against, we, they're we, voting no, against no. their own self-interest. Do they want to live in Gilead? Okay, do so they want to live in hands? Do we love hell? democracy or not? Because just saying that it's, it's insulting to the voter. People make up decisions on what's right for their family. And the idea that well, the you should have a say women, for everyone else's vote. The fact that women are voting against their own You had a different view on abortion not that long. So it's all about abortion. That's all they care about, the left in this country. That's their religion. All right. So uh, first of all, she's equating white women with roaches and the Republican Party as raid to roaches. Uh, They're insane. The left is insane. You haven't seen anything yet. Wait till they actually lose power, especially if they lose the Senate. Uh, You're going to see insanity ensue. Uh, from the media and the left. And don't get me wrong. You heard, uh, who was it that was talking about violence? Uh, one of these the clips I just put on after the election. We're hearing that there may be violence. Well, it ain't Republican violence. It's going to be the loser's violence. Uh, I am hearing that riots are already scheduled uh, uh, once the Republicans take over. In all the cities, we're going to have the summer of 2000 all over again. Uh, because they can't accept the loss of power. And, and the loss of power this time is permanent. All right. Uh, they've overreached. And I said it when, uh, you know, Biden was selected president uh, and uh, the Democrats stole the Senate with the, the elections in Georgia, uh, that they're going to overreach. They're going to go too far left and they're going to be repudiated in the midterm elections as they always do. And we'll see next week whether or not I was prescient or not. Uh, But I believe I am. And if I wasn't right about that, then democracy is over because the cheating is just so off the charts. Uh, That's amazing. I mean, we're seeing Republican polls, you know, in areas that are traditionally real Democratic areas. Look what's happening in New York with the governorship. I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty good chance that Zeldin's going to be Hochul there. Why not? I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican. You don't want to walk down the the street and get mugged. Or worse. People are so afraid of getting pushed in front of a subway train in New York. Or beaten up for nothing. The homeless situation is out of control. There's tent cities all over New York City now. I mean, these, these are issues that people live with every day including inflation, including vaccine lockdowns, vaccine mandates. I don't have time. Last two weeks, the the things I could talk about, about this fraud that was perpetrated on us and people are paying a price with illnesses from this vaccine. Uh, I got a stack here that we could take an hour talking about. People dropping dead, young people, every single day. And here we have a... um, uh, a president that doesn't even know where he is. I'm surprised they've even trotted him out. Uh, he gave a speech the day before last. What he's talking about the Russian war in Iraq now and how his son died in Iraq. Uh, listen. No change in the quality of it, just change in the price. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a couple of seconds. 
Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, there's going to be the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, I think in Iraq because that's where my son died. His son did not die in Iraq. The war is not in Iraq. I mean, this is crazy. Oh, The View, again. Joy Behar, she's a winner. Gotta love Joy Behar. I mean, she used to be a funny comedian. How she morphed into this crazy, woke, left nut? I don't know. But did you know, Paul, that, that crime has gone down over with Biden Since Biden's been <laughs> president, the crime rate's gone down. And I'd like to remind everybody that it was the Democrats, the not the Democrats, who stormed the government that day and tried to kill the vice president. Yeah. Okay. And the Republicans now coming up to the uh, next election, which is next week, by the way, um, they, all they do is talk about crime, crime, crime. Well, I looked it up. Murders in major cities have fallen by 4% so far in 2022, compared with the same period a year ago. So crime is not on the rise. It's actually going down under Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, tell it to someone who's living in New York City, uh, living in Chicago, living in Philadelphia, living in L.A., living in New Orleans. All Democratic-run cities, by the way. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Pat in Point Pleasant. Pat, how you doing? Good morning, Lou. Good morning. First of all, uh, I told my wife that I was going to be on the air, and she gives me this look, and she goes, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, my wife gives me that look every time I leave to do the show on Sunday, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't been kicked off this show yet, but I, you know, because I get kicked off of Facebook pretty much on a monthly basis. Uh, join the club. Uh, yeah, I got my 30 days back this morning. I go back in and comment again. But my thing is, if if the Demo- if the Republicans win, because I've always got this thing in the back of my mind that people aren't going to show up because they think it's a shoo-in, or the Democrats will cheat, as in Biden's speech the other night when he told us we have to be patient, yeah. just like my wife said, because do you remember the days where... You used to vote, and the next day you had a tally, and it was over. I go, yeah, they, they, yeah, that seemed to have happened. Uh, it used to happen. We used to vote uh, election day, and that's when we had no technology. A lot of this was hand counted. They were able to do it. Now we're in 2022 with all this technology. It takes days right. to figure it out, right? Now, now my thing is, uh, but you basically said it already. You know, do you think there's going to be rioting? in the streets if if we win yes yeah okay no doubt in my yeah. mind no doubt in my mind it's already been planned it's already organized it's already been funded uh you know they're very organized the left in this country i mean the left's goal in the country is revolution all right it's the takeover of the united states of america and make it a socialist slash communist part of the the, the new world order uh it's being funded by uh, organizations like the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and everything else. Hey, Paul, let me ask you a question. I'll ask I'll ask the Pat this question too. You guys remember back in the seventies and eighties, right? Let's talk James Bond. You know, there was always like uh, a syndicate, a crime syndicate that controlled everything. So, in James Bond, what was it? Remember, Paul, the group. How about you, Pat? You can chime in too if you remember. I, I, I remember, Get Smart was chaos. Well, 
get that's one of the ones on my list. It was chaos. Was was get smarts the, the, who he was fighting, and uh, James Bond. It was Spectre. Remember, it was the Spectre group, right? Uh, yeah. And then um, in uh, Austin Powers, it was Doctor Evil. <laughs> Doctor Evil, George Soros, right? George Soros is Doctor Evil, or Klaus Schwab, one of the two. Schwab dresses like Doctor Evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we do have this powerful group that really controls the world. All right. Why don't we have these kind of groups? Why are we organized? Why are we having pallets of bricks delivered someplace? Why are you know what I'm saying? Why do we sit there and allow this to happen? Because we're moral, ethical people. The, the average American person, the average person in the world would not think of that. We gotta fight to keep up. We have we're gonna coddle in our in the in our houses while they're burning crap down. So what are we gonna do? Become like them? Try to steal elections, print ballots, no, go in the street and burn down buildings? No, stand up for ourselves. That's what I'm saying. Well, and, and that guy you wrote, where I mean, you played where he says our children, uh, you know, are are going to be in danger. He's just you said the same thing too. He just basically said their playbook. Mm-hmm. That's their playbook that they're saying that we're going to do. Well, what are they doing to children? Mutilating them sexually, making them take puberty drugs and uh, not telling the parents. I mean, who's hurting our children, teaching them that they're racist and that they have white privilege if they're white and uh, that that they're losers if they're black and they they have no chance of getting ahead? You know, tell that to people who are successful as black people. And I know a number of them. Uh, They are offended by that, that there is no opportunity for black people in this country. Uh, between everything else, uh, they, they do have it. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, look, I think that – I listen to this, you guys. Uh, you know, people finally – Americans are pretty docile people. You know, we're not activists. You know, we go to work. You know, we go shopping. We try to feed our families, send them to college. Uh, we teach our kids to be morally right and do the right thing in life. And that's all we want. We want to be left alone. But I think finally – Americans are getting angry and mad. And I think that's what you have to do. You have to get mad. And I think we've gotten motivated. I'm voting in midterm elections for the first time I could recall. Right? And my vote doesn't count because I think Jeff Andrews in my district is going to win hands down. It's not even, I don't even know who his contender is, to be honest with you. Uh, but um, but uh, uh, we have to get mad. And I think Republicans are mad. Now, I'm going to flash you back to the mid 70s. Tell me if you recognize this rant and what movie it's from. And tell me how it, it pertains to today. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Banks are running wild in the street. and There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do. And there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller and all we say is please at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel belted radios and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. And 
want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Sit up, go to your windows, open them and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations is this going So uh, this, of course, is from um, the movie Network. Do you remember this, Paul? Peter Finch. Uh, Pat, you don't remember it? Peter Finch in the movie Network. uh, This was 1976, I believe. And and do you see the similarities to today? Crime, the Russians, inflation, right? Depression's not here yet, but that's coming. Uh, And finally, he's saying people got to get mad. And people are mad. I'm hearing it every day. Clients that come into my office say, Lou, what the hell is going on here? I mean, this is crazy. And, and people are motivated. I mean, Republicans have never been so motivated to vote in a midterm election. And I can't think the Democrats are anything but demoralized. They're being told every day that it's a red wave coming. Uh, and why would you go out and go out in the weather and everything and vote uh, if you feel, you know, it's over anyway? Uh, the Republicans are going out in mass. Enough, I think, to overtake the massive fraud that will be going on. It's going on already uh, in Pennsylvania, which seems to be the the the, the ground zero for uh, voter fraud now, uh, especially Philadelphia. It's amazing that you take one city in a whole state, the whole state's red, but one city, you know, uh, Philadelphia, uh, they will kick out all the Republicans. Trucks will come in with ballots, anything that they need to do. By the way, the state of Pennsylvania run by a Democrat. Uh, Democratic uh, Secretary of State uh, mailed out 255,000 uh, ballots to people who were unverified. Uh, Social Security numbers, immigration status. People in Canada are saying they're getting absentee ballots from Pennsylvania. Uh, this is crazy. I mean, uh, once they had the mail-in ballot system, that was the, the, the green light for massive voter fraud. Uh, uh, why do we still have all these mail-in ballots going on? The pandemic's long over. I don't know. All right, Pat, thanks for the call. I've got to move on. Appreciate it. All right, uh, 732-237-9626. Let's see. What have we got here? I think I got most of my good um, uh, sound bites in here. All right, let's take a quick break. 732-237-9626 is the call number. My name's Lou Scatigna. Don't go away. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to JerseyShoreSeptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most 
most affordable rates. Brick Township has plenty to offer in November and December to celebrate this holiday season. Go grab all your Thanksgiving goodies at the Farmer's Market on Saturday, November 19th from 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Windward Beach Park. The annual tree lighting will take place on Wednesday, November 30th at 5.30 p.m. at Town Hall, located at 401 Chambers Bridge Road. Also join them for the menorah lighting on Monday, December 19th at 5.30 p.m. For more info, go to BrickTownship.net. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. I'm Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation, professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial estate plan that will improve your financial health, and most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9 for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, Registered Investment Advisory Service to move forward Advisory Group. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right. <laughs> Paul and I are laughing at something we were just talking about. Uh, maybe I'll have time to bring it up and share it with you. Uh, we're in a home stretch here on the financial physician. You're just tuning in now. You're on the parkway, zipping through some stations on your way to AC or uh, anywhere. Or you're just uh, getting out of church and just waking up and turning on the radio. Uh, we get together each and every Sunday for two crazy, precious hours of money talk, political talk, uh, and things you're not going to hear on the mainstream uh we don't know political correctness on the show, nor will we ever. Uh, as long as I'm doing a show, we're going to talk about the things as I see it, which is the way things are. Uh, uh, I am not censored, nor will I ever be, um, and certainly not self-censored. Censored. Uh, but uh, if you're stumbling upon the program, we talk money, markets, politics, personal finance, and anything that affects your life, if you missed any of the show, uh, or you're a late sleeper, or you go to church, um, or you want to find out more about what the show's about, you're new to our program, uh, go to my website, uh, thefinancialphysician.com, uh, thefinancialphysician.com, or just Google it, and you'll see our website there. On the website, we have a blog, we have uh, videos, we have um, uh, the podcast of this program, most importantly. 
Uh, also, we have a free copy of my, my book, The Financial Physician, How to Cure Your Money Problems and Boost Your Financial Health, free of charge. Uh, just give us your email. We'll give you the link to download uh, the PDF of the book. Uh, many of you have been doing that. Appreciate that. Free of charge. Anybody who wants a hard copy of my book, just email me at lou at thefinancialphysician.com, and I'll send you a signed hard copy uh, of the book. Free of charge. I'll pay for the shipping. I want those books out. I don't want them sitting there in boxes doing nothing. I want them helping people. So uh, um, uh, I, I want you to, to, to get them. Uh, so go to thefinancialphysician.com. We have the podcast there. Just go to the radio icon at the top of the homepage and go to the most recent show. It'll be up five minutes after the show is over, uh, and you can listen to the podcast. You can listen to it in pieces. You can download it and have it on your iPhone or uh, your, your smartphone or your computer or listen to it just uh, as a stream from Podomatic. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of you do listen to it, uh, not only here in the United States, but, but all around the world. They get a kick out of how many people are listening in Ukraine and in uh, Africa and Australia is a, a hat tip to our friends down under. They're growing down there. We got 30 downloads last week in, in Australia, Italy, England, uh, Spain, uh, and even in a, some, some places in Asia. So I kind of get a kick out of that. But uh, all over the country, people are sharing this radio show. It's not just local here to the Jersey Shore. Uh, I was on XM Sirius for two years, uh, about 10 years ago. So built kind of a national audience that have continued to follow me here uh, at WOBM 92.7 here on the Jersey Shore which is live, uh, 7 to 9 a.m. every Sunday morning. And it's been a tradition. We've been doing this program. Uh, we're in our 23rd year here on WOBM, uh, 22 years on the AM side, uh, finally over here on the bigger station on the FM side. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, always w- I welcome your phone call, 732-237-9626. Let's go back to the phones. Ron in Tom's River is calling. Hi, Ron. Good morning. Hey, Lou, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. It's a gorgeous, beautiful day. A nice little treat of uh, beautiful uh, early fall or uh, early spring weather here on the Jersey Shore. Unbelievable, right? Right, it's great. Hey, look, I'm a, I'm a listen to you regularly. And I'm just, it's, it's been two weeks now, and I wanted to get your opinion, well, about the Paul Pelosi situation. <laughs> well, that's what we were laughing at uh, just before we came back on. So now you've drawn us to it. Uh, so what is my take on it? Now, I meant to to touch on this last week. Uh, I just ran out of time because there's just so many stuff to talk about, and it just didn't get there. Didn't I get know. there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this whole thing stunk from the beginning. Uh, it just didn't make any sense to me. You know, uh, here you have the Speaker of the House's house, uh, she wasn't there, uh, but obviously there's surveillance cameras. There's all kinds of security around it. Uh, and I found it kind of odd that some vagrant homeless person uh, would be able to break in through the glass uh, and break in in the middle of the night uh, and uh, assault uh, the Speaker of the House's husband. Uh, found it very hard to believe Uh and initially, it was stated uh, that uh, both men were in their underwear. <laughs> right, yeah, and if you notice with the aerial footage, the glass was busted and it was outside the house. I mean, if you're going to break in a house, the glass is going to be inside, right? Of course, and that's been talked about by, by criminal experts uh, all around the country. Obviously, that was a, that was a ruse. They, they broke it from the inside just to make it look like that. And, but, you know, anybody who knows crime uh, detectives and everything would know that that came from the inside. And they said that when the police got there, 
he greeted them and talked to them. Every, and, and I know if it was me and somebody, the police came to my house, the last place I'd want to be is go back in the house. I'd be running out in the street. Exactly. Underwear or not. <laughs> right. I, I think it was either the guy was, yeah, I'm with you. I think the guy was there for something. He was illegal. I mean, he, he checked all the blocks, you know, all the squares. He was there illegally. He was homeless. And I, I don't know. It's just ironic that this happens just before the midterms. Yeah, but I find it hard to believe that Speaker Pelosi would allow her husband to be sent to intensive care with a, a cranial wound uh, for political reasons. Uh, I, I have trouble. That's why it's so bizarre. And it gets more bizarre by the day. So you're right. NBC on the Today Show on Friday uh, uh, said sources familiar with the investigation told NBC News that when police responded to the high priority call, they had no idea they had been called to the Pelosi residence. What's more, Pelosi did not immediately declare an emergency or try to leave the home. Right. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. First, they said a third party opened the, the door. Right. So I, I don't know exactly. what it is. It changes every day. He was allowed day. to go in the bathroom and make a call. Uh, and yeah. The yeah. Whole thing <laughs> and they ended up pulling that report anyway. They Exa- had to take that exactly. Uh, so they basically said that, you know, he walked back in the home, you know, gingerly, casually. And then the guy grabbed the hammer and hit him in the head, and they attacked him. They, the police arrested him. Uh, right, the guy in and have him have some of that $200 ice cream she has in yeah, the fridge. Yeah, uh, where were they rubbing that ice cream? I don't know. Uh, this, 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 I don't know. This seems like some bizarre sexual thing. I, I don't know. Uh, Either that or drugs. But it's not what it seems, okay? That's for no, sure. No, and, now, no. and now NBC got the phone call. Uh, and has deleted the clip, uh, deleted it from their Twitter feed, from their website. Right. Do you see this is the anatomy of a cover-up? All right. Got, this is the anatomy. Where's, where's the, uh, the the cam the cameras from the uh, the police? The vest, you know, don't they wear they wear cameras? They're holding up on it the whole thing. And like for, the order says, number one, he shouldn't even be home, out in public. He needs to be in jail for what he did up in Napa. Yeah, but. he had a you know a drunk driving arrest and everything else. Obviously, the guy's got some issues. Yeah, uh, her, day is, uh, and, her day is coming, though. She's only got a little bit more time. You know, the the, uh, the sand is going through the hourglass, as they say, with her and her reign of terror. Yeah, yeah the Wicked Witch, right? Um, so, uh, according to the San Francisco's, San Francisco's top prosecutor, which obviously is a left-wing lib, confirmed Wednesday her office will not release police body camera footages or 911 calls from the alleged Paul Pelosi attack late last week. Uh, what about... Uh, the security camera footage. There's cameras all over the place there. There's cameras all over that uh, house. Yeah. They were alerted when they went there that it was a high target or <laughs> high visibility house they were going to. It wasn't mm. like they were coming to my house or your house. They know they know where the, the property is. So let me tell, ask you a question. So if there was really a right-wing Trump MAGA person right. who actually really busted into the place... And right. assaulted her husband. Do you think right. that camera would be all over every news station uh, in America, nonstop, twenty four seven? And then they're talking about that they need more protection for these people and everything. And 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 somebody said that you know the Secret Service is already stretched thin, and and they have so many properties they don't know they can't be at five houses at the same time. Oh come on, that's bull. Yeah, that's that's craziness. That's craziness. So, yeah, I'm glad you called because I wanted to touch on it. Uh, it, It's, you know, look, this is what happens always with the Democrats because they have media coverage. The media uh, doesn't, you know, if this was, like I said, um, 
happened to uh, uh, a Republican or a Republican uh, they knew for sure had perpetrated it. Look at Lee Zeldin. And uh, there's a guy down in North Carolina. I got some property in North Carolina. There's a guy running for Congress, and somebody put a bullet through his his, house. his window in his house with his wife and kids there, you yeah. know. That's, yeah, after that's, a Democrat uh, did a video outside of his house, you know, uh, uh, pushing the other candidate. So now they knew where he lived. His kids are in there, and they're shooting bullets through his house. I mean, and and, and Biden wants to make it sound like political violence uh, is the right against the uh, Democrats. I don't know. Projection is just unbelievable. It, it, it's just uh, everything they do, they try to project on the Republicans. Uh, which, judge, when they when the guy went to his house, he, he came all the way from California to go to his house. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Like uh, the Supreme Court justices. That was all OK. Right. Because they're voting against abortion. Uh, so anything's fine uh, as long as it's a left wing cause. Uh, these people are hypocrites. Uh, oh, they're, pro- they're projectionists. It's very good. And, I never thought I'd do stuff like this in my lifetime. I'm a, I'm a wee bit older than you, but it's uh, it's. Uh, things got to get better. So well, you know what? People are mad as hell, and they're not going to take it anymore. And I think we're going to see that on Tuesday. I tell you, I was watching, I was surfing last night. I'm in and out of these uh, these rallies, and I can't believe this. That anybody that was old for, for for Fetterman has to have spaghetti for brains. I don't, I don't get it. Just like he does. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I wore my hoodie today, and so I was doing my. I wore my Fetterman costume, oh, my, my hoodie. And I hope you had your your, your uh, boots on too, your combat boots, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, said, I told somebody, I said, if he gets elected, I will never go in the state of Pennsylvania. I'll mm. drive around it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Pennsylvania is ground zero for voter fraud. It's become the epicenter of it, and it, it's said. all based in Philadelphia. I think like one guy, Shalali, he was on Fox the other night, and they had him and another expert on, and they were asking him for their predictions. And when they got the prevent. They got the Pennsylvania. They asked. They asked the guy, and he had the greatest answer. He said, and he hesitated. And, he had, and, and the guy says, "Well, what do you think?" And he says, "Well, I just think that uh, Oz will get more votes." And he left it at that. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. Anyway, says, I just think Oz will get more votes, but they they fixed it. I remember when I was a kid, you used to vote. My parents used to vote, and and you would know the next day. Now it's not voting day; it's like voting month. No, it's you know? two months. It's already started a month and a half before the election even happens. I do, I do an I do a, I do an absentee ballot, but I do it in another state. And those people couldn't be nicer, and they and they stay on top of it. And I send it in. I wait a week. I call. I said, "Did you get my ballot?" Because I make a copy of it, and then they, and I ask them, uh, you know, I, did you get it? Yeah, it's all. You know, we're going to count it on this day and this that and everything. And I went over to the to a UPS store here. I won't I won't say which one. I always get a copy because I want to see, okay? And I went in there and they had a whole new crew, and the guy goes, "Well, we can't make a copy of a ballot." So what do you mean? You've been doing it for oh, we don't we don't we don't do copies of ballots. I said, "Well, I want to keep score. I want to see how my guys do." So then he says, "Well, we'll make a copy, but we're going to write copy across." I said, "Well, you write whatever you want. Just make my copy, and I'll be on my way." All right. Well, maybe they're trying to prevent voter fraud. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, but uh, 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 let's see what happens Tuesday night. Uh, it's just ironic that in the city Philadelphia, where democracy was born, yes. uh, is the city where democracy dies. Yep, yep. yep. I'm watching a couple of those, those races: Michigan, I tell you, Arizona. New York, so... Well, well look, look at it this way. Look at it this way. You know, the um, 
the presidential election, which Trump had won, Florida, Ohio, Iowa, no president, nobody's ever lost the presidency after that. He's up 700 points, 700,000 votes with 87% of the vote counted in, in Pennsylvania, which would have been called in any other election. Uh, up big in, in, in Georgia, up big in, 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 in Arizona, and so forth. And then all of a sudden, they all stop at the same time. That's coordinated racketeering, I would say. What uh, about Atlanta? Remember Atlanta? They had the water main break? Yeah, 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 the fake one. And then, uh, yeah. It's ironic that a water main would break at that location at that time on that day. Yeah, and only Republicans have forced out. Uh, Unbelievable. But look, you know, that we're going to look at Atlanta too, but it comes down in this country right now. And if you look at all the counties that are red in the Trump election versus the blue ones, it all comes down to the swing states, but it doesn't even come down to the swing date states. It comes down to Democratic cities in swing right. states. It comes down to Philadelphia which corrupts the entire state of Pennsylvania. It comes down to Atlanta, Georgia, which destroys the entire vote of Georgia. It comes down to Phoenix, Arizona, that corrupts the entire vote of Arizona. And it comes down to Detroit, Michigan, which corrupts Detroit's vote. And to some extent, Las Vegas and Nevada. All right? And I'm probably missing some. Now, the same is true of the Zeldin race here. Although it seems that a lot of Democratic politicians uh, have thrown Hockle under the bus uh, in New York City and other places. Another thing he has going in New York City... uh, Look, if Zeldin... If you take out New York City, Zeldin wins by a landslide. All right? New York City itself uh, is the is is the the swing area here, and, and and people live in New York City are experiencing crime worse than anybody in the country, and you got to understand New York City, Brooklyn has a large Orthodox Jewish population, all right, and uh, there have been the victim of amazing amounts of crime. Uh, 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 their education system is being messed with, with wokeism and things like that. And they're not happy about that. Uh, and I think, you know, they vote as a block. And uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, that the, the Orthodox Jewish community is going for Zelda. And if that's the case, there's a million votes right there. Uh, and uh, that race is over. And I, I, I'm saying Zeldin wins. Uh, there, uh, I see um, uh, the general in New Hampshire looks like he may win. Uh, that was a state they didn't expect for. Uh, uh, Kelly's in trouble in Arizona. Again, if not for Phoenix uh, uh, cheating, uh, I'm sure he'd win there. Uh, uh, Oz should beat uh, Fetterman, but you got to understand, Oz would just be keeping a Republican seat because he's uh, he's replacing a Republican senator. So if he loses, that's a flip of one seat. So uh, uh, that that's going to make it a little more difficult for the Republicans. But I find uh, 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 Gingrich came out this week and said that it could be as much as plus five to plus seven seats for the Republicans in the Senate. Uh, look, the House is going to be won by the Republicans. The question is by how much. Is it going to be 20 seats? Is it going to be 60 seats? That's the kind of the range. Uh, I think it'll be more on the higher end of that. But where the cheating could really be done is in the specific state Senate races. Uh, and uh, that's that's the marginal line. Uh, that's their Alamo. Uh, they're going to do everything they can to control the Senate, whether or not they'll be successful or not. It shouldn't even be close, but um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but um, um, it's a shame that we even have to talk about free and fair elections in this country. Uh, it, it's just a shame that, that it's that bad that we have to say we need to get 5 to 10% victory just to overcome uh, the institutionalized uh, fraud and election fraud, whether it's electronic now with voting machines changing things, whether it's ballots being mailed in or shipped in with trucks. Uh, you, can't even, you can't even question uh, 
uh, an election now because now you're a denier. Uh, you can't question the potential for fraud. Let's not forget our good friend down in Georgia, Miss Abrams. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think she's going to win anyway, but uh, she's she's old news. But no. I think Herschel Walker should win uh, uh, again in free and fair elections. That's what would happen. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see if the Democratic machine uh, could overcome what I will believe will be uh, uh, a lethargic voting block of Democrats who a look. The average Democrat is not a left wing, crazy, woke, racist, uh, gender bending person. You know, the average Republican, you know, have kids. Uh, they're concerned about crime. They're concerned about putting food on a table to inflation and everything. These are things that win and lose elections. It's not uh, CRT and, and, and gender things or abortion. It's so far down the list. And I think right. a lot of Democrats are going to vote Republican. And I think a lot of Democrats that aren't going to vote Republican are going to stay home. And I don't think that the Democrats are going to be overcome that. Now, the early voting and stuff, that's where a lot of, uh, you know, take Fetterman. Before his debate, a lot of people, 600,000 people voted already, uh, 73% of it Democrats. So if you're just a Democrat saying, look, I always voted for the Democrat, and didn't see that debate that shows how cognitive challenged he is, uh, and he's not ready to be a U.S. senator, a lot of people would say, geez, I'd like to change my vote. You can't go back and get it. Uh, So uh, that, that... we can't have these early voting. We can't have these mail-in votes. We can't have this extension for days afterwards, which opens up the cheating, especially in these Democratic-run cities that are full of Democratic judges that don't care about the law. They'll open up the polls later. They'll allow ballots in that the state legislature says are illegal. They don't care. And then you know what? Then you go up the line to federal appeals courts, and they don't want to have anything to do with it because and they just say you have, don't have standing or whatever, and it dies. And the press says he won, and they, AP runs with it you know and it, it's all done and then if you you question it you're a denier you know you're anti-democratic you're you know the whole thing you know how it works anyway all right let me jump i'm glad you brought up the policy thing we finally got to it all right well look keep up the good work and tell you ever hope everybody listening get out and vote you gotta go out and vote no question about right, it keep up the good work Lou. i enjoy it all Take right care. ron all right. Stay well. Thanks for the Bye. call. Appreciate it. Oh, boy. Just a couple of minutes left in the program. Now, you know, there's trouble in uh, Democratic land uh, when you uh, start seeing CNN and The New York Times uh, throwing Biden under the bus and they're starting to do it. Uh, the New York Times wrote a puff piece which framed uh, President Biden's numerous gaffes during the Florida rally as verbal fumbling. Now, he said you talked about the Social Security going up the most under his watch. Then he had uh, the audio about uh, the, Iraq, the Iraqi war, the Russians in Iraq. Then he had a uh, – he said, I was, oh, it's Ukraine, but you know, Iraq was on my mind because that's where my son died. His son died of brain cancer at home. He didn't die in Iraq. I mean, you think you would know where your son died. You know, I mean, that shows you the disconnect. And here you have uh, CNN and the New York Times fact-checking him. Uh, and uh, now throwing him under the bus. They realize that there's going to be a shellacking for Democrats, and a lot of it has to do with Biden's popularity, which they say is in the 30s, which a lot of people, internal polls are saying like 10%. You got 80% of Americans saying that the country's out of control and going down the wrong path. Uh, And uh, it looks like uh, uh, the New York Times and uh, CNN are starting to realize that uh, Biden is a liability. And they're starting to throw him under the bus and uh, calling him out. 
So it's election week. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about next week, Paul. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking about uh, our country being taken back by the people and uh, free and fair elections actually happening in this country, or at least uh, the right thing happening at the end of the day. Anyway, remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com, where we have the podcast. If you missed any of the show, go to thefinancialphysician.com right after the program. The podcast is available. My email, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. My office number, if you want to come in for a financial consultation, 732-905-8100. Have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not far right. I'm just right so far. See you next week.